Welcome back to Meet at the Quarterback, a Minnesota Vikings podcast. My name is Harrison. I'm Hayes. Andrew. And unfortunately, we are recording just an hour after uh, undoubtedly the worst Viking game of the season. Possibly one of the worst performances we've seen ever. In a while. The closest thing I can think of would maybe be the Christmas game two, three years ago against the Saints. Or the NFC Championship. Or the NFC Championship. Um, I think, I guess, yeah, maybe the NFC Championship would be a little bit more comparable. Considering the Saints Saints game, we were bad and we got blown out. Whereas, like, this game, you know, you're entering 8-1, hoping to really kind of make a mark, lay down the dagger and uh, put up probably one of the, it's, it's, it's just shocking how last week I saw probably one of the best Vikings games in my life. And then this week we possibly saw one of the worst Vikings games in our life, all within a matter of yeah. days. This team has some major issues defensively. That's going to be your fifth time in 10 games you're giving up more than 400 total yards of offense. It's unacceptable the defense that Donatel is running. And he should be worried because if that continues to happen come playoff time, people are just going to be able to do whatever they want against you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it, it. It's weird. Obviously, yeah, you 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 gave up you know thirty points against the Bills last week, but realistically, the second half you really shut them down completely for th- <clears throat> for almost three quarters. You held them to six points. Um, so like last yeah last week's score has a little bit of an asterisk to it because they only played like one half a terrible football, one half a really good football. Whereas like this week we played an entire game of really 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 bad football. Um, so I guess yeah let's so Hayes you mentioned a big cause of concern is defense a hundred percent you've given up 70 points in the last two weeks you give up 26 points against the Cardinals Um, defensively it's just it's a that secondary is really bad and the run defense was borderline like I don't even know how to how 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 to put into words how bad that was. They were, they could do whatever they wanted. Uh, Dallas offensively, um, it, like statistically, it's it's a it's one of the worst defenses in the entire NFL. When you take a, when you when you don't talk about points, you take about how much yards they're giving up a game. It's it's insane. It's close to almost four hundred yards a game, and that's just that can't happen. You're not going to be – it shows with your point differential now being negative as an 8-2 and two team because of how bad the defense is. Yeah. No, I, I had saw it, – it had been shared kind of throughout the game, and then the group chat that I'm in said the same thing, how they don't know too many teams that are 8-2, and two, but then they have a – they have less points that they've scored offensively than they've given up defensively. And I would agree that's that's – 
definitely concerning. Again, I'm I don't think we're at the uh, we're not at the stage where we have to hit the panic button and be like, oh my gosh, see. Whereas like uh, other national media is going to be like Vikings aren't legit. We we told you don't really count on them. Um, <clears throat> we're definitely not at that stage. This was a. It's almost it sounds weird, but it's almost reassuring that we lost as bad as we did, uh, just because like literally nothing went our way. No one was good. Andrew, I was saying to Hayes, I wanted to start something new this week. <laughs> where at the end of the episode, we have a MVP of the game, a clutch performer of the game, uh, kind of the 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 biggest surprise, who who is the biggest surprise of the game, and then like who is like scary bad for the game. However, mm-hmm. I think this week would be relatively difficult to choose an MVP and a clutch performer. And it might, yeah. even, be, might even be difficult to choose one disgustingly bad player uh this week um so let's let's maybe focus on let's 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 look at who are three people today that i think long term given injuries that might that might continue in these next few weeks that we should be slightly concerned for based off their performance today they're they're i can think of for sure three people that scare me (laughs) And I'm curious for you guys who three people that played today um, that we might have to see more of in the coming weeks that create a little bit of cause for concern. We'll we'll focus on the negatives first and we'll close on the positive. So, uh, Angela, let's start with you. Uh, first one's got to be Blake Brando. Um, well, I'd say two are tied, but like – it wasn't necessarily Dallas's secondary that took away like all our wide receivers. It was their pass rush. And I mean, you can't throw the ball when you only have three seconds. And if you're a backup, you got to at least be somewhat liable. Like it wasn't even a game when he entered it. So, I mean, however much time Dershaw misses will definitely be hurting, especially going up against a bunch of really good pass rushers in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree. I, I for the the little bit that we saw of Brandel last week against Buffalo, I I would not, I did not think he was like he was just there. Like he he wasn't like a liability. Today he was a scary liability. I I would be curious to see what the breakdowns are, and I think PFF will uh, give that tomorrow or in a day or two. Um, but I know for sure he had one or two false starts two times. I think he was the, 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 the key person who gave up the sack that basically killed Kirk cousins. Um, and he just, he looked lost. He looked incredibly confused, lost, overpowered. He did not even look like a, like your, your second tier left tackle. He looked like a guy who should have been cut in training camp. Yeah. So I, I would yeah, like he, he was he was terrible. Um Andrew Booth Jr. can't even be considered for a starting job anytime soon. He was getting picked apart every single time they threw it at him. He couldn't tackle. 
Uh, he made one. It wasn't even a good play. It was a horrible throw, and he barely got his hand in there in time. He he was he was really really bad. And if Cam Dancer's out again Thursday, that injury report is just it's looking really really bad for a short week against a pretty good team. Do you mean do you mean a Caleb Evans? Because I think Dancer's out for a period of time because he's on IR. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So then, yeah, Caleb Evans, if he can somehow pass concussion protocol over the next couple of days, that would be big. But even he, I'm not, I'm not ready to say that he's super reliable. Um, luckily, you're not facing an offense in New England that's, that's a, yeah, like Dallas. But that defense for New England is really good, and your offensive line is banged up too. So it's well. Then, I know then, you were saying it's not time to panic. But you just had the biggest home loss by a team with a seven-plus win differential in NFL history. So you lost by thirty-seven at, at home. Yeah. Now again, yeah, not not you know, not to panic long term. It's more just the fact that today today was an embarrassment. Today was terrible on all ends of in in, in every element of the game. Um, you both definitely said this. The the two people that uh, right away came to mind: Blake Brandell with with being confused and being unable to block any type of defensive guy, and Andrew Booth Jr. also just looked bad. And I know he was going against like you know pretty decent wide receivers, and it will be curious to see how he plays against uh, a not as strong Patriots offense. But Andrew Booth Jr., I think, got beat on three third and shorts uh, 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 passing-wise. It got beat passing, and then he had the missed tackle on third and two uh, right around the goal line. So, And that's just the first things that come to mind. There might have even been more times where he got picked apart. But he he was giving me um, who were some of the, the guys last year that I absolutely hated. Uh, Harrison Hand. Uh, yeah, there's even more like obvious. <laughs> the one guy, but I'd go back and look. But yeah, sadly, uh, Brashad. Uh, go ahead. What was his name? Something Brashad. Brashad Breland. 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 Yeah, yes. Brashad Thank Breland was horrible. Booth Junior is giving me Brashad Breland vibes, just with the fact that he seemed to be unable to do anything. He could not get a stop to save his life. Um. And I know he's a rookie and he's figuring it out. And it was his first start ever, but embarrassingly bad, especially for a second round yeah. draft. Um, so, yep. Yeah, uh, okay. So, Andrew, would you agree Booth Jr. would be probably one of your three players that you'd be concerned with? Yeah. And Hayes, you'd agree Brandell would be one of your three? Oh, 100%. Yeah, he was – he was really, really bad. If he's, he'll he'll be starting on in ninety six hours. So there's no there's no way Schlotman could just move over like slightly. Well, Schlotman was. It sounds like Schlotman might be playing left guard because Ezra Cleveland was out. I saw that briefly. He left with injury, or if he just left, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I noticed that as well. Just this team continues to come out. After having a big win, they just continue to come out flat. 2017, you beat the Saints, you come out flat against Philadelphia. 2019, you beat the Saints, you come out flat against San Francisco. Now you have a huge win against the Bills. All the momentum, you're at home, and you lose by 37 points. 
to a team coming off one of its worst losses in franchise history. The Dallas Cowboys, I think, were 198-0 when leading by 14 or more points entering the fourth quarter. And they lost last week after leading by 14 points in the fourth quarter. It's just how do you let that? Yeah, just... I mean, uh, I think that's honestly, though, like the weird thing about football and especially the weird thing about the NFL in 2022 where uh, just – it's just it's 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 a weird game. It's a weird season. Dallas clearly had a chip on their shoulder. Uh, we clearly were underprepared as much as we wanted, as much as I'm sure probably was said in the locker room. Like, all right, great game, time to move on, focus on Dallas. Like, as much as that probably was said, and people wanted to believe it, it just shows that no matter how hard you say it or believe it, uh, how hard it is to come back the next week. From a from an exciting, thrilling game and be able to take care of business. Um and I heard Thielen at the end uh saying, like, yes, the Vikings played really, really bad, but Dallas also is a really, really good team. I think even with us playing so bad, if we were playing um Houston, like I think we still would have lost because we played that bad. Um, but it shows like you have to show up and play good against good teams uh, if you want any chance whatsoever. So. Oh, yeah. 100%. Kirk's 100%. touchdown streak has come to an end. He had only want, want. 100 passing yards. Whew. Um, This is not a guy that I would be, you know, concerned with but i thought tj hawkinson played really bad yeah he popped in my head but i yeah i don't know yeah 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 not someone to be concerned I mean, I he played really bad i mean he had he had an end zone drop and i think he had two holds or he had a false start and a hold he had two penalties and an end zone drop i mean those were something that that definitely came to mind um I don't want to put all the blame on Kirk either, obviously, like because he had no time. And the the same people, like Grandel was terrible. Ed Ingram continues to be terrible. Um, like other people that came to mind was Hawkinson. If you have a drop in an end zone, you're gonna get noticed. <laughs> if you if you have yep. more than one penalty, you're gonna get noticed. Um, Kirk was sacked seven times. That's horrible. I I will I'll look tomorrow. That I'm just curious who who all the who got beat uh to to give up those sacks. I know for sure Brandell was two maybe three times. I know Cleveland was in the mix. I know for a fact Ed Ingram was in the mix. Harris was twice. Yeah. Again, it was it was bad football on on all ends. Oh yeah, Darius, I got beat twice. Yeah. Um, third down defense was horrendous. Um, oh my goodness! I think the only times we had stop was kind of towards the end of the game. <laughs> like they, they just they could pick up every single third down. They were twelve of seventeen on the game. That's that's insane. I mean, I feel like that's 80 plus percent. What is that? 12, 12 17. That's 70% still. They're they're converting 70% of their third downs. 
And whereas we were one for 11. So we were less than 10%. They were over 70%. (laughs) It it was just, it was a polar opposite football. Like they played again, really, really good, which is why they put up 40 points. We played really, really bad, which is why we gave up 40 and only scored three. Like, We could go in, on and on about, you know, everything we did horrible. I will say, I'll, I'll again, I will take this over like losing close this week, just because like I don't see this happening again this year, without a doubt. No, yeah, I, it can't. <laughs> Yeah, and I, and I don't see it happening. I don't. I don't. I don't think we're that type of team. We've shown too many times that we're not that team. Um, so it was embarrassing. Again, let's get I guess embarrassed today, so then we don't have to be embarrassed on prime time and a short week here. The other yeah. good thing is, yeah, we we only have to wait four days and we get another chance, and then we can have hopefully ten days of positivity, excitement, happiness. Um, yeah, we're going to have the worst game of the season. Have it be where we play again in four days. Yeah. But, and I looked it up. I, I looked up eight Super Bowl winning teams in the last 20 years who have lost by 17 or more points at some point during the season. So the 2020 Patriots lost by 35 points at home and they went on to win the Super Bowl. Okay. Okay. Every single one of these eight teams that lost by at least 17 points or more sometime during that Super Bowl season, they bounced back that next week and they won. If you are a Super Bowl team, if you want to forget about everyone else, go out in 96 hours on Thursday night on a short week and beat the Patriots. That this Thursday is a huge, huge, huge game on not you're going to make the playoffs for sure. You're going to win your division. But if you want to be considered a Super Bowl contender again, bounce back after losing by 37 points at home and beat a team that's coming off a big high win. Yeah, no, that's a, that's an excellent point is. I would agree. Um, especially on primetime <laughs> that we're constantly our quarterback and exactly. our team is constantly criticized for being bad. Um, bounce back, prove them wrong. And yeah. It'd be great if we put together a thumping against like a a, a pretty good yes Patriot team. So yeah, uh, you need to win. You need to win. Yeah, that's quick. I can quick share. I I put together the stat predictions. It was undoubtedly our worst uh, prediction week of the season. Um, Hayes, congratulations. You won with a total of 23 points. Wow. Andrew, you are second with 12, and I was in dead last with eight. Jeepers. Um, we all lost two points with Kirk Cousins because Kirk Cousins had 105 passing yards and no touchdowns. Mm, my goodness. Nice, Andrew, nice, nice job, Kirk. Andrew was almost. Andrew, you were two and you were 150 yards off. I was 180 yards off. Hayes, you were 200 yards off. So we lost two points with Kirk. Dalvin Cook was most of our closest. Cook had 72 yards on the ground. 
So Hayes, you predicted 89. So you got eight points. Uh, Cause you also said no touchdowns and he scored no touchdowns and you had 103 yards, no touchdowns. So you got four. I had 128 with a touchdown. So I lost two again, which gave me negative four. Uh, we all lost points with JJ because he had 33 receiving yards and we all had him with either a 112 or a 140 receiving yards. So um, I know people are going to say, Ooh. oh, JJ was not utilized by any means, which is true. But also, I mean, <clears throat> we weren't moving the ball at all. So it's not like we were choosing to not throw to him. We were slightly, but also like Kirk had no time. We hardly had the we ball. Didn't. Exactly. That was what I was just about to say. You didn't have the ball in the first half so, at all. Yeah, you're right. We didn't use them, but also we didn't have the ball. So, And the, the play calling when we were in the game for that, what, like three seconds, I did not like it. I didn't like the let's run it on first down, pick up three yards. Let's run it on second down, pick up four yards. I don't like those third and three situations that we always seem to get ourselves in. It just seems like we can never pick up those third and short yardage. And the red zone continues to be the rough spot for this team. 36 trips, 21 touchdowns and 11 field goals. It's just, you gotta be, you gotta be converting more in the red zone. Agreed. Well, especially when you set up a nice long drive, Cook ran for seven yards here. It's first and or it's second and three at the five. You just need to pick up the first down or second and three at the yeah. six, whatever it was. Pick up the first, you get a fresh set of downs and you go, that's where the Hawkinson drop happened. And that's where like the, the bullet past Hawkinson hands happened. And then all of a sudden here you are kicking a stupid little 30, 28 yard field goal. Yeah. So I agree. Red zone offense needs to change for New England if we want to see success, uh, especially since I think points will be hard to come by against the Patriots. If you get in the red zone, let's make sure we get seven and not three. Yes. Red zone is, yeah. Um. Adam Thielen had 25 receiving yards and no touchdowns. Hayes, you were the closest. You had 33 receiving yards, no touchdowns. So you got 10 points. Andrew, you and I both got six. Um, TJ Hawkinson had 34 receiving yards, which was our leading receiver this week. Hawkinson, five catches, 34 yards, led the team. That's really embarrassing. Uh, no touchdowns. I had eight points for being within nine yards. Andrew, you had two for being within 36. Hayes, you had four for being within 26. Uh, Greg, the leg. Andrew got five points because you said he would be one for one. And that's all he had. That's all the points we had. <clears throat> Who can you guys guess was our leading tackler? They ran it so many times. I don't know. Harrison Smith, maybe? I wish. Uh, it was Andrew Booth Jr. with nine, probably because the ball was being thrown his way every single time. Yeah. Um, Hayes, you and I both got a point because we predicted nine tackles would be the leading tackler. None, no one got any points for 
uh, guessing Andrew Booth Jr. We all lost the point because we had no sacks today. None from Daniil, none from Zadarius Smith. The team had zero, so we uh, Kirk lost his passing touchdown streak. We lost our turnover streak. We lost our sack streak. We lost our touchdown streak. Uh, so a great offensive performance from the Minnesota Vikings. Um, also just looking at the gambles, it was embarrassing. I said, Vikings will get exactly four touchdowns. We didn't even get a single one. Andrew predicted the Vikings will lead the entire game. Did not lead a single time. Hayes predicted three for three before missing the game winning, uh, 45 yard field goal. Greg the leg was one for one and we were nowhere even close to attempting a game winning field goal. So, um, Hayes, you do improve to nine and L on prediction. So, you know, pat your little bum. 10 and L, but I'm not going to pat any bums. Uh, uh, I don't want to be so perfect, but I just, I, I guess I, well, Hayes, you better predict the Patriots loss. Otherwise you're not allowed on this podcast. So think about it. Think long and hard oh. predict that the Vikings will beat the Patriots. Otherwise, we'll sub in, sub in dad for an episode. I go with my gut. And at the beginning of this week, something was just felt off. I did not think by any means they were going to lose by any more than a, a field goal. Like, just because I don't, I didn't think there was any way this defense could be so, so horrible. This offense be so, so horrible. So I think they're going to bounce back next week. Um, it's just how many people that are injured right now can we get back in time? Yeah. We so that's going to be the biggest Tomlinson. thing. We need, I really need to see Tomlinson there on Thursday. Also, I mean, it also showed uh, when we had our top 10 Viking impact players and we all had Darasat too. I mean, I, I think we were spot on in that department. Yeah. Because it's already been how, pulled out. How bad our offensive line looks or collapses when he's not in the game. Yeah. So um an entire game of Blake Brandell against Matthew Judon next week is gonna be something to watch. My goodness. You you you'll have to give him extra help. Throw in Johnny Munt, eliminate a receiver, give extra blocking help. Like please. Yeah. Yeah. Play all of you. You said poor, play Uda? Mm-hmm. Is he in prison? Is he even on the team? I don't know. He is on the team and he's dressed. I saw him out there on the sideline today. So he, he's ready for action. Only Uda had, he doesn't even get in a 37-point loss. That's bad. Shows how bad he is. Yep. Um. Let's close out with some positives. We don't necessarily need to talk. No, we don't need to talk about the game. The game was not positive. That's fine. But I think early season predictions and even like the week, like our our second round week before predictions, I don't think any of us had us at eight and two. Okay. Yeah. We are still eight and two. We have a very, thank God the Packers lost to Tennessee. We have a very comfortable lead in the NFC North. Um, we're, 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 we're still okay. 
again, I think really, really, truly, like you weren't going to go 16 and one. Um, A loss was going to happen again. You you wish it wasn't like a disgusting loss like this, but like a loss was going to happen. And and if we're going to get blown out, if you think about it, like we don't we don't go any lower than two right now because our two losses were teams from the exact same division. So no matter what, you know, they'll hold the tiebreaker. If Philly collapses and Dallas kicks off, then yeah, we're still the two. Um, yeah. Like it'd be way worse. That's what worries me though. But is is just the teams in the NFC. Like we were talking earlier in the year, like, oh, there's nobody in the NFC that's that that's that good. And Philadelphia almost lost today. They don't look amazing. But Dallas looks like they can beat up on pretty much anyone, and they also could lose to anyone. But there's just something about if we have to play, like, San Francisco in that first round, uh, it's just you hope San Francisco maybe can win their division and you get Seattle or something like that. But it's just there's something about being the two seed. I don't know. I don't know. I'm looking I, too far ahead of the playoffs. Yeah, I think you're looking. Yes, I think you're so. looking too far ahead. And I, I think, again, this team, realistically, I truly believe this when I say this. I think could beat any team, uh, when they come prepared. I don't think we were prepared today, um, and I agree. Would the Niners be my first choice that I'd want to play? No, but I would like. We'd be home. We'd be hosting them. I think it'd be way harder to go to San Fran and play uh, the Niners than to host at home. Eliminate today. We're a very good home football team. (laughs) Yeah, I think they can beat any team, but I also think they can put up a lot of bad performances against any team. True. They beat the Bears by five. Mm-hmm. They barely beat the Dolphins. The bad, bad third string at quarterback barely beat the Commanders. It's just but I you still can, need I, no, that. No, I would say blowout win. Yes, agreed. But I would also say the Commanders are looking like they could potentially even squeak into the playoffs. Um. And you came back from double digits on the road against a team, against a potential playoff team. You, I don't think you can say that was a, a embarrassing win. And again, I don't. I, we we need to move on from it because I think that's what made us play poorly today. But bottom line, you still did beat a good Buffalo football team on the road, down by seventeen with like eighteen minutes left in the game. So. This team is resilient. This team can come back. It was a embarrassing, poor performance today. Thank goodness we get to see them again in, in, in four days and hopefully have a completely different story, narrative, outlook on it. That's the thing. It's like it, we could be – we were on our highs and highs three days ago talking still about the Bills game and, like, looking forward to this game. We can be right back there again in three days. So – Nine and two is a lot better than eight and three. So agreed. Agreed. Just looks better. Just feels better. Agreed. Andrew, closing thoughts. Um 
No, I don't know, really. <laughs> okay. I won't let you think too hard. Don't worry. Okay, bud? <laughs> this is Meet at the Quarterback, a Minnesota Vikings podcast. My name is Harrison. I'm Hayes. Andrew.